This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 94 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. On today's show, we take a closer look at finished intelligence. What are the best ways to define it? Who's the best audience for it? And how can you be sure you're getting the best bang for your buck when you request it? And what's the best plan for dialing in finished intelligence when it comes to managing resources and supplementing the other types of intelligence your organization may generate or consume? Joining us to help answer these questions is David Carver, Team Lead for Subscription Services at Recorded Future. He'll provide practical insights based on his experience collaborating with customers. Stay with us. Generally, we find that uh, either the analyst requesting the report or um, some sort of strategic leadership, either the CISO or any kind of C-suite executive uh, above the analyst is the intended audience for the report. But we do have it, you know, we have audiences all across the spectrum. It could be other people within uh, either uh, incident response or fraud watch or intelligence services team within the company. Generally, finished intelligence tends to fit more within a strategic readership, right? Because uh, being finished, it's more designed to fit better within sort of the briefing model that goes up the chain rather than down the chain. Hmm. Um, But we see it on both sides. So really a a kind of executive summary, is that a a fair way to describe it? Sometimes. um, A lot of the reports that I work on tend to focus more on that executive summary because being on sort of a, a recurring basis, the idea is to transmit information as quickly and efficiently as possible. So uh, going into the weeds with information is going to be more the focus of a, a larger or more comprehensive report. But finished intelligence really, you know, not to necessarily sell it short as just um, being for one aspect of a company, uh, finished intelligence does apply all the way, you know, to a bit more uh, technical analysis. Um, I just find that the types of regular reports that I work on tend to be a bit more moving, moving upwards uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. So, and, and I suppose you, you dial it in depending on what the needs are of any individual client that you're working with. Absolutely. Yep. So we want to talk about uh, ways that customers can get the most out of these intelligence reports. I mean, what have you learned in terms of that? What's your experience been? That's another great question. And it's one that we sort of are figuring out on a daily basis because Uh, The value that you can get out of a certain type of report today may not be the value that you're looking for later, or a report may need to change to bring somebody the same value. Um, I found that there's sort of two types of major values for companies that they get out of finished intelligence. The first would be simply awareness, right? Either uh, teams on the the SOC side of things or the Uh, intelligence collection side of things who may not have time to look into every single prominent event or dark web discussion. And so having either a roll-up piece or a deeper dive from a finished intelligence perspective is a way to bring awareness to things that certain teams just don't have time for. Then you've got on the other side, 
items that a team may already be aware of, but they either don't have the time or the expertise to dedicate a bit more thorough analysis around it. And so finished intelligence is a great way of organizing all of that additional contextual research and expertise into a finished format that's easily accessible and that also provides very easy sort of next steps or remediation measures depending on the uh, topic. And how do you advise uh, folks that you're working with when they're going to get the most bang for their buck when it comes to ordering up some finished intelligence versus doing it on their own? Yeah, we run into that uh, question actually from customers quite a bit where they're looking to see you know, when is it worth requesting a report and when is it worth kind of going through other channels? And generally the way that I respond to that is um, if it's pretty obvious from a first run through that you're in over your head in terms of the amount of information that's there and trying to make sense of it, that's a great um, starting point for requesting finished intelligence because uh, at least then at that at that point you understand um, that you need external help both to make sense of all of the data and to organize it and analyze it correctly. The other time that uh, generally I advise people to move forward with a request is they haven't found a lot initially on their end. If the reason for that is that they just haven't had a lot of time or they're scrambling to get, let's say, other reports done or in the context of an incident, they're just trying to respond to it purely on the level of making sure that bad actors are out of the system and that vulnerabilities are patched. Uh, that's a great time to reach out for finished intelligence because that's an understanding that whether or not there ends up being a lot of data there, um, you're covering your tracks in a way that you're not able to do because you have other pressing matters. Um, So really for both of those, it comes down to saving time. And that's uh, in many ways probably the biggest value add or one of the biggest value adds from finished intelligence is saving time so that teams can get down to other um, more relevant work for their specific roles while still bringing in that analysis that's needed to make uh, certain either tactical or strategic decisions. Yeah, and it strikes me as well that um, it, it could serve as, as a bit of a reality check, that if I'm handling certain things uh, internally, um, you know, making my way through the intelligence that we're getting, to have uh, someone like the analyst that you have there take an independent look at these things and to see if what we're doing aligns with the conclusions that you all are coming up with. Definitely, yeah. We have had a number of requests over the past year that fit pretty much exactly within that model where someone says, I think that I'm 80 to 90% sure of you know what this means, either in terms of how much risk is involved or how much of a threat is related to some new malware or attack vector. But you still want that that extra opinion. Either you want that second opinion because you need someone to follow through the analysis from A to Z Uh, and make sure that you haven't had any gaps in your reasoning. Or you need that extra opinion because maybe, uh, especially if it comes down to a budgeting issue or some sort of a a prioritization of other people's time, um, it's a little bit harder to go up the chain and say, I need, you know, X amount of time or I need X amount of people for this. Um, Having a second opinion is very good going into those meetings because it shows that this isn't just your own individual analysis, right? I have others... Uh, in a spot to 
take much more time and much more research who agree with me. Right. So when you're running things up the flagpole or you're going, uh, you're meeting with the powers that be, you know, your board of directors, the people above you, you have that verification that you're on the right track. Absolutely. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about this notion of having analysts on demand and how you dial that in. Um, you know, how, how, is that, how does that typical engagement work with a client? The most common way that that gets put together. Yeah. Um, usually, uh, we'll have somebody reach out who either knows exactly what they want or who says, you know, we've been looking at this new thing that's come up in the news or we've had this thing hitting our network that we're not really sure about. Is this something that would make for a good analyst on demand report, right? Is this something that makes sense to have uh, outside uh, context and analysis? Um, and on the basis of that uh, either correspondence or phone call, we would set up a scoping call where we would sit down with the customer and, and go through exactly what is wanted in terms of like what's the time frame for turning around a report what's the topic itself is there anything that's special about our approach to the topic that we might not it might not be second nature for us to do uh if there's any sort of uh, niche elements for analysis that need to be kept in mind right if there's something that the customer is already well aware of and doesn't need further analysis on but there are these other items that have been uh less well reported or less well documented in either open or closed sources so there's a lot of those discussions that go on with that scoping call. And then the end result of that would be a very clearly defined due date for a report, a very clearly defined metrics and scope for what the report's going to be about. And then finally, a very clearly defined audience for who's going to be the final readers for the report so that we understand how technical or non-technical we need to be. And then from there, uh, on our own end, we delegate based on expertise and time uh, for the people to research and write the report. Once the report is in its sort of first form, we do an initial peer review. And then after having gone through peer review, it comes to senior review. And either of those review cycles may be uh, several, may involve several different cycles, depending on how much work is needed to clean up and hone that analysis so that it's actually reasonable and isn't relying on any kind of false data or assumptions. Yeah, I'm curious, um, can you take us through what is the collaborative process like when you're working with a client? And I guess I'm coming at this from the other direction of, of you saying to them, you know, this is, uh, yes, we'll handle this finished intelligence for you, but um, you know, here are some things that are probably going to be best off for you to handle internally. Yeah, that's a good point. It comes down to, and this is sort of straying a little bit from what our team does, I would say we work pretty closely with the um, consultant side or the intelligence services side of Recorded Future to make sure that we're not just delivering a final report and then that's the end of the discussion and there's sort of no more uh, collaboration involved with the customer, right? Um, usually even before we receive a request for a report, the customer has already talked to their intelligence services representative about either an issue or something that they want better alerting on, which means even while we're working on a report, there's a high probability that the representative is working with the company to tailor the alerts that they're getting and, and some of the coverage that they're receiving. And then after a customer receives a report, as opposed to it being just, you know, sort of raw text without any further investigatory venues, 
all of the items that resulted from our use of either recorded future or other open source intelligence uh, sources would be added within the product, either as an appendix or within links directly in the report. Meaning, as far as we're concerned, we want that to be a living document, right? Where uh, once a customer gets it back, either in terms of patch prioritization or further investigation into some sort of threat actor, they can use that as a constantly updating starting point, as opposed to it being sort of frozen in time for that one request. So what what is your advice? I mean, what sort of tips do you have for folks who are just starting on this journey and trying to figure out what the best way is to dial in this sort of thing? They they, they think they may want to engage with you for, for finished intelligence, maybe uh, maybe some analyst on demand. Um, you know, how, how do you get started for that person who uh, hasn't done this before? Do you have any advice going in? Sure. I think one of the most important pieces is to say, am I already creating some sort of finished intelligence for my company? Because if the answer is no, and if most of it is relying on sort of other open source feeds or just sort of copying and pasting from other journals, as reputable as they may be, I'd say, you know, there's probably a lot of room for valuable collaborative work with something like an analyst on demand. Where somebody or a team is already producing finished intelligence, I think one of the key questions to ask is, what have we been able to write about and what do we just not have the time, right? So figuring out where their own either data or their own expertise makes it more cost-effective or just more relevant to do it internally, and then figuring out where external reports would buy more time for better deep dives. So for instance, with Recorded Future, generally, you know, we're working only with the data that customers provide to us if it's something that has to do with their internal network. Uh, anything else more internal than that, I'd say it's you know usually better for an internal team to be delving into and looking at. But anything outside of that or anything that customers are comfortable sharing so that they can work on other things, that's a great um, opportunity for finished intelligence. And then sort of thinking a bit more strategically, the other question that I would ask for people who are considering analyst on demand is, how is this going to help you fulfill your intelligence requirements? And even though that's kind of a larger question, it ends up forcing very practical, I would say black and white questions around what are our intelligence requirements, right? And how do those align to what we do and do not need to be spending to keep uh, our resources and our data and our personnel safe? Um, so even just asking the question about what would be worth having uh, for a finished intelligence report or analyst on demand collaboration. That in itself is a perfect way for defining what the intelligence requirements and even what the purpose of having, you know, threat intelligence is within an organization. Really be strict on that sense of finished. And by that, I mean, insofar as customers are requesting intelligence that has presumably deep dive analysis and really good research and rational, well-considered final conclusions, that's something that customers uh, or any company needs to hold their intelligence provider accountable for, right? Hold your intelligence providers to high standards because if you're not getting finished intelligence that's done with a certain amount of polish across every level, then it's not providing to you the value that I think is necessary for having that sort of external arm of uh, your intelligence team. Our thanks to Recorded Futures' David Carver for joining us. 
Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Future Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast team includes coordinating producer Amanda McKeown, executive producer Greg Barrett, the show is produced by Pratt Street Media, with editor John Petrick, executive producer Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.